G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Ron Ross is our Middle East reporter and he's joining us once again to talk about all the goings-on in the Middle East. And, Ron, I mean, here at home we're talking about this crisis with Syrian refugees and whether or not the Prime Minister will up our refugee intake. But in the meantime, there's an ISIS threat on the Israeli border. Yes, a serious one, and Israeli Druze leaders are trying to scream it from the rooftops uh, that they are all that stands between uh, an attack by Islamic State on Israel and even Jordan. Uh, The the town of Suida uh, is being protected at the moment. It's it's a Syrian Druze city, uh, and it's right on the border in the Golan Heights. And if Islamic State gets past Suida... It puts Jordan and the Israeli border area at risk. And the spiritual leader of the Israeli Druze, Sheikh Mapak Tarif, uh, has declared a, a, a need for help. The Druze in Sweden are preparing for war and will fight if they have to, he said. The situation there is not easy, he said, and Islamic State is on the eastern side. Asked about his meetings with Israeli officials and foreign governments regarding the Syrian Druze situation, Tarif replied that he's in contact with both Israeli and foreign officials all the time. It's a very stressful situation, he added, urging the U.S. to attack the Islamists in Syria. Uh, That's easier said than done, I'm afraid. Mendy Safadi, an Israeli Druze who has served as chief of staff for Deputy Regional Cooperation Minister Ayub Kara agreed. He said Sweda is the wall between us and the Islamic State. In a report to the Jerusalem Post, he said Islamic State has to pass through Sweda in order to get to us. Israel's interest is to strengthen the Druze in Sweda and southern Syria to prevent Islamic State from progressing on Israeli borders. But you can be certain the Israelis are preparing and uh, ready for war if it's needed. And, of course, Russia has now stepped up its presence in Syria as well. Yes, and this complicates the issue even more. Uh, While our Prime Minister and others are talking about the Australian Air Force going in to attack ISIS, Russia is also... The Russian Air Force, we know, are there to attack ISIS... But we also now have a report that Russia has boots on the ground. Uh, but their major activity is to protect the Bashar al-Assad regime to make sure they do not fall. Now, we've got to understand the complexity of this. Bashar al-Assad is really propped up by Iranian money. Uh, and now Russia's gone in on the side of Iran and Bashar al-Assad, and the American and the Allied objective is to get rid of the Bashar al-Assad regime, but unfortunately no one knows who could be trusted to take over. So we could find a situation in the very near future, if complications arrive, 
where the Australian Air Force will join with the other allies and have to fight the Russian Air Force. And the situation in Syria is way beyond understanding. It's a very complicated one, and no one knows how to rescue which side because they don't know who the goodies are and who the baddies are. Well, we've got a fair idea who the baddies are. Uh, but Russia being in there at the moment uh, complicates things tremendously. It does because, of course, we are set to today, I think, make that decision on whether or not we will join those airstrikes, aren't we? Yes, and, and I mean, it's, it's very, very complicated because in recent days we've seen China put ships off the coast of America and Alaska and uh, one uh, particular uh, warship uh, got within 12 nautical miles of the uh, U.S. coastline. Uh, there's all sorts of aggravation going on. I think it's because Vladimir Putin believes that uh, President Obama is a weak leader and will not use force. I think he wants his legacy to be, Obama wants his legacy to be that he reduced the army and he, he reduced wars. Well, unfortunately... The opposite is taking place as the opportunists around the world take every advantage of what they see as a non-active president. Now, we talked about the Christians being persecuted by ISIS and, of course, they're, they're fleeing those regions. There was a, a priest here in Australia, an Anglican priest, I think it was, who said that the Christians should go to the front of the queue when it comes to this whole Syrian refugee intake. Now there's talk they're being victimised by the West. Yeah, there's a report in, by the Gatestone Institute written by Raymond Ibrahim that was published on September 6th. And he is uh, bringing facts forward to say the US and the West are victimising Christians who are fleeing ISIS. And under the list of unfathomable mysteries, he said the US State Department's habit of inviting Muslim representatives but denying visas to Christian representatives. He said since the start of 2015, 4,205 Muslims have been admitted into the USA from Iraq, but only 727 Christians. And he said for every Christian granted asylum, the US grants asylum to five or six Muslims, even though Christians are persecuted infidel minorities in much greater need of sanctuary. He wrote, most European governments, especially those that are Christian, explicitly or implicitly, are failing in their duty to look after their fellow Christians in their hour of need. And that is a very detailed report, and you can find it on Gatestone Institute. Let's talk about Benjamin Netanyahu. He has made some amazing statements in recent times. Well, I was just blown away this week. Photos were issued by the media in Israel of uh, Benjamin Netanyahu leading the Bible study in his home. Uh, he uh, is excited to say uh, that the Bible is the rock of Israel's existence. He and his wife Sarah host a special Bible study circle uh, in the Prime Minister's residence. He spoke of the crucial significance the Bible has to the Jewish presence in the Holy Land. He said, whoever participates in this circle on a regular basis knows that, knows that I once said that the Tanakh is the rock of our existence, the Tanakh being the Old Testament. There is no other significance to our being here without our link to our land and this book. 
he shared of his custom uh, to read the Tanakh every Shabbat, that's every Friday, with his son if he's on vacation, or without him if he's not. I draw great inspiration from it, he said, during the seventh meeting of the Bible study group held in memory of Netanyahu's late father-in-law, Shmuel Benazi. We are presently finishing the book of Deuteronomy. After it comes the book of Joshua. The custom that I have with Avner, my son, is that after we finish the weekly Torah and Haftarah readings, we simply read sections from the Tanakh. It always reflects on contemporary events. It always touches on the present and on the eternal life of humanity in general and our people in particular. He's a very inspirational leader. It would be a home group you'd want to be part of, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely. That is Ron Ross, our Middle East reporter. Ron, will catch up again next week. Thank you. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.